First of all, let me just uh, thank Pastor Jack and Pastor Brian for just an opportunity to just share with the, the church tonight. It's always a, an honor to be able to just share and encourage us tonight. I think over the last 19 years, I've just been thinking this past couple of weeks about as I was preparing, is, is what would be the best way to challenge us? Is I think it's more about how do we put ourselves in a position and ask ourselves some, some serious questions that have to be answered. You know, I think working with athletes over the last 19 years, I, I've seen people come back with the, with the same issues and the same hang-ups and the same battling the same things over and over again. And, and I think a lot of times for us, even in our own journey, we, we do the same thing, not just in the sports world, but also in our daily lives. So, so tonight, I'm just going to take some, some uh, time for answer a couple of questions. And I pray that as I share these questions with you, I pray that you would ask, them, you ask yourself these questions because we've we got to challenge ourselves. We've got to put ourselves in a position where we're, we're asking God, what, what do I need to adjust? What do I, I need to work on? And I think sometimes we just live life and we forget that, that things attach themselves to us and, and we feel bogged down. We feel kind of heavy because we're not free the way God wants us to be free. So tonight I'm going to just uh, share with you a couple of uh, questions and, and verses that will kind of put us in a position where we ask ourselves, God, what does this look like in my life? And if you look at the first question, and, and I'm going to pray first, but I'm going to ask this question. What labels or attachments are hindering my ability to be free in Christ? What labels or attachments are hindering my ability to be free in Christ? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for an opportunity to spend a few moments in your word. And, and Father, I pray that, that you would just allow us to experience everything that you prepared for us. That we'd be able to hear from you, that you would reveal to us some things in our life that are slowing us down, that are getting in the way of the things that you've already paid for, that we don't have to be in bondage, we don't have to be set back by the things that we've experienced in life, but that tonight that we can walk out of this place knowing that you have given us the ticket to be free in you. So Father, we thank you, we praise you in Jesus' name, amen. So you think about that question, what labels or attachments are hindering my ability to be free in Christ? And I want you to ask yourself this question, what comes to mind? What comes to mind as you just examine your own life and ask yourself, why am I allowing these things, these labels and attachments to slow me down? If, if God has given you the, the license to be free, why would we go back and allow things in our life to hold us back from being free in Christ. And, and there's a verse in Hebrews chapter 12, verse one, it says, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up, and let us run with endurance the race that God has set before us. So, so you think about this, if you would get a picture tonight and ask yourself, how or what would it feel like if you could strip off everything that you've experienced in life, all the hang-ups, all the hurts, all the pains, all the things that you've experienced, how free would would be if we would strip those things off? I mean, imagine that for a second. How good would that feel? And, and I think so many times we allow stuff in this life to attach itself to us, and my question is why? Why would we allow stuff that has been placed on us by this world and by other people why would we allow it to attach itself to us? And I think about this, even labels. You think about labels. If you think for a second the things that you do on a daily basis, does that define who you are? I hope not. 
And again, working with athletes, it's so easy to let their sport define who they are. But what happens when things aren't going well? How good do you feel about yourself now? And, and I think we have to ask ourselves, you know, how many of my past mistakes am I still carrying around today? Things that I've messed up, things that I've done wrong, why would I allow those things to continually hinder me in my life today? Why? If God has given me an opportunity to be free, why would I take those with me? Why would I allow past hurts that have happened to me in my life still continue to get in my way today? If those hurts, again, were done by someone else, why would I allow someone else to allow them to get in the way of my life today? It doesn't make sense. And, and I love how the writer of Hebrews says, lay aside every weight that would hinder you from running the race with endurance. And then we wonder why we feel tired. We wonder why we can't be free today in our lives. Because we're allowing attachments. We're allowing the labels that people have put on us so we start carrying them. And we, we're not created to carry those. Those, that, again, we're pinned on the cross, right? So we've got to be made aware of, and I think one of the greatest examples is the Apostle, the Apostle Paul. Because you think about uh, Paul in Galatians chapter 2, verse 20, he says, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I that live, but it's Christ that lives through me, right? Because uh, if anyone had, had a, really uh, a reason of why he should be held back was the Apostle Paul. Why? Because of all the things that he did to other people. And, and I think for us tonight, we have to ask ourselves is that if Paul would say, you know, was a violent man, he says, I'm no longer a violent man. Why? Because it was hung on the cross. Paul was a prideful man, but he says, no longer am I a prideful man. Why? Because that kid was nailed at the cross. And, and my challenge for us today is, is, is what are you carrying on today that's already been nailed to the cross? And why are you carrying it? Guys, we, we've been given an opportunity to be free. And all the labels, even the good labels in life, because, you know, I was telling Margie earlier about, about being the director of, of FCA a couple years back, and really the only reason people say, well, that's Richard, the FCA director. Well, the only reason I was a director because I was the only one working for FCA, right? I mean, think about that. And thank goodness we have a director who's not directing, but, but the fact is, is that people put label on us and we let it become our identity, and God does not, did not create you to live up to someone else's label on your life. He's asked you to live out the, the label that he's created within you and the purposes and the plans that he has for your life. And so if you're walking around today with another label other than the one God gave you, you're missing a great opportunity to be free. So, so ask yourself the question, what labels and attachments am I walking around with today that are slowing me down, that are getting in the way? And, and I love Paul's kind of, like, kind of telling the people, like, you know what? Don't put your labels on me, okay? Because it's no longer I that live, but it's Christ that lives through me. And, and how liberating is that statement, guys? If we can say, don't label me. I know I messed up. I know I've done things wrong. I know I've, I've been hurt before but I'm free in Christ today because it's no longer I that live, but it's him that lives through me. And, and I think about this, how many times so many people in this life today are, are being bogged down by labels and attachments that have no business being attached to them. Make sense? So that's, that's question number one. Question number two, 
is are my expectations overshadowing God's plan? And, and the verse Isaiah 58, 55, 8 says, my thoughts are nothing like your thoughts, says the Lord, and my ways are far beyond anything you could ever imagine. And I think this is one of the most ones that we talk a, a lot of in, at the U of A with our athletes is because there's an expectation that comes with you signing a, a letter of intent or coming to a university that's going to pay for your schooling, right? There's an expectation that comes with that. But if it gets in the way of God's experience that he's created for you, then it's a problem. And I know a lot of times athletes become so enamored by the expectation that people put on them, it takes away the joy of them performing to the best of their ability. And sometimes even in our own lives, people have created this expectation for you and, and, and you can't meet their expectation. God didn't create you to meet other people's expectation. God created you to live out his expectation for your life, right? So why would we allow people to create that for us? And, and I think sometimes, you know, you think about the expectations the truth is that we have expectations of God. We do. We all have expectations of God. And, and the thing is, the scary thing is, and sometimes he fails those expectations. Has God ever disappointed you in your life? And really, it's not because God disappoints people. It's just because we created this expectation of God, and he didn't do the things we thought he would do. So what? We're disappointed. See, God is, is not at your mercy, we're at his mercy. And I think sometimes we create this expectation of, of this is the way God's gonna work in my life, so when he doesn't work in it, what happens? We're disappointed. And, and I think one of the, the greatest examples is you think about John the Baptist. In, in Matthew chapter three, you know, John the Baptist was so excited about coming and, and preparing the way for Jesus Christ, right? But you guys remember in chapter three, he says, you know, I'm just preparing the way of, of someone greater more powerful than me that's going to come whose sandals I can't even hold? Do you guys remember that in chapter 3, verse 11? I mean, how excited for John the Baptist to say, man, you know what? Don't, don't look at me. I'm, I'm just preparing the way for Jesus. He's, gonna, he's an all-powerful God who's going to be coming whose sandals I am not even worthy enough to hold. And, and it's crazy to think about. So John the Baptist, has, he was used in such a powerful way to proclaim that, hey, the Messiah is coming. So here comes here comes Jesus, and, and all of a sudden, a couple of chapters later, we, we find uh, John the Baptist in chapter 11. Look at what, he, what happens here. In chapter 11, we find ourselves in, in verse 3. He says, um, can, can someone go ask Jesus if he's the one? Is, go ask him if he's the one. Or is there another one coming? Why would he ask that? He's the one that prepared the way for him. You think for a second that maybe Jesus, who came with just with such grace and such mercy, didn't, didn't come as all powerful, hey, look at me, I'm Jesus, but he came as, as a servant as, with grace and mercy with this amazing message that that's not what John the Baptist was expecting. And we find John the Baptist in jail in chapter 11, and he sends his disciples to tell him, hey, will you guys go ask this Jesus guy? If he's the one, or is there someone else coming? Have you ever felt like, hey, is this the one? Well, he is the one. And, and I think so many times we, we create expectation because we expect God to work this way, 
And, and I love that guy that verse, verse says that his ways are so far away from our ways, right? But yet God at the end will perform and, and do the things that are necessary for us to live this life the way he intended it for us to live. And I think this, this expectation is that, you know, we allow the expectation in our own lives to overshadow God's plan, and that's not the way it works. We have to allow God's plan to overshadow anything, even though you don't understand it, but that you have to trust it. That you know at the end of the day that God knows what's best for you. We may think we know what we have, what's best for us, but we don't, right? And I just think sometimes is that we allow our expectations of God to get in the way of being free in God. Why not let God be God and we just follow whatever he says and allow him to perform and do the things that he wants to do in our lives, regardless of whether you understand it or not. That, that God's not out here to prove, he's already proved himself. Now we have to just allow God to be God and not create and put expectations on even God himself. Make sense? Sound good? <laughs> So, so let's look, jump down to number three. And, and I think this, this one's probably one of the most uh, critical ones for all of us because we're all in, in different relationships. I mean, think about this. is How many bad relationships can we have in a lifetime? And it seems like every crisis that a person goes through is based upon relationships. And, and, and I've come to kind of a, a point in my life as, as we minister to coaches and, and athletes is, is wondering... Is it, what's the problem in relations? Why are there so many bad relationships out there? And, and the, the third question is, am I withdrawing more than I'm depositing in my relationships? That is the, the most critical question is that when you're dealing with, with relationship issues, is you gotta ask yourself the question, am I withdrawing more than I'm depositing in my relationships? Because I think so many times when you, when you try to deal with, with issues in, in relationships, the number one problem is because we're always withdrawing from each other, but we never invest in each other. You think about that for a second. Is the reason why, because again, when you think about this, when you go to the bank, you're not hoping there's money there. You know there's money there, otherwise you wouldn't go. You're not going to put your ATM card and say, well, I hope there's money in there, right? And in relationships, that we have to ask ourselves, how are you withdrawing from the relationship if you're not in depositing anything in the relationship? Does that make sense? And, and, and really the verse that, that goes along with says in Galatians chapter 6, verse 7, don't be misled. You cannot mock the justice of God. You will always, always harvest what you plant. See, we, we want to we wanna harvest something that we're not planting. And then we wonder why our relationships are bad. It, and the question is that if you are investing in each other, there, there's a, a, a confidence and, and there's such a peace that is created in the relationship because when you do have to withdraw from each other, guess what? There's something to withdraw from. And I think so many times we are so good at withdrawing from each other, withdrawing, 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 and we have to ask ourselves, when was the last time you deposited something in that relationship? That's the problem. And, and, and really, the, the, I love how the NIV says it, do not deceive yourself, God is not mocked, 
For whatever a man sows, that shall he also reap. In relationship, it's so critical to think about is that, you know what? Are you investing more than you're withdrawing? Because if not, there's going to be some problems. See, relationships should be amazing. Is that, and I think about this is that if you are always investing, even when you think about money, when, when you have enough to pay your bills and you have a little extra left over, there's just some sort of contentment, peace that comes over you because you know, hey, I've got enough money to pay my bills. I have enough money left over to, to maybe go out and, and do something extra. There's just something that's created when there's, when there's an overflow of, of, of abundance of something. Well, see, that's the way relationships should be, is that there's always an overflow of abundance. Why? Because you are so intentional about investing in each other's lives is that when you do have to withdraw, you don't even think twice about it. Why? Because you've been investing through the whole relationship. Does that make sense? Guys, there's no reason why we should have bad relationships. No reason at all. Because it doesn't mean that problems are going to stop. They don't. They're not going to go away. But if I'm always investing in my relationship, guess what happens? When, when, when we're confronted with opposition, we have enough stored in our relationship that I can withdraw from. But if, but if you're not investing or depositing, what are you withdrawing from? And it's scary to think about it that so, so many relationships are in, are in trouble because, man, we, we, it's so easy to go out and withdraw from each other, but it's really hard to invest in each other. And, and my challenge is you ask yourself this question, how much am I investing in my relationships? Can I really go out and withdraw from this relationship if I haven't invested in it? If you haven't sown or you haven't put some seed in, what, what are you going to grow from? What are you trying to, to, to grow in the relationship if you're not planting any seeds in the relationship? And, and I think it's, it's, it's critical that, man, if, if we can figure out the relationship part in our lives, man, life would be so much better, right? Because I mean, there's no reason why we, could have, we should have bad relationships. We always should invest in each other. We should always build each other up and know that, you know what, at some point in our lives, we're going to have to withdraw from this relationship. And if we're not investing, man, it's, it's tough to withdraw from. Make sense? So let's, let's jump down to la the fourth question. And if I go really fast, it's because usually we have chapels. We've got 20 minutes to do a chapel. So if I get done early, that's not my fault. It's just the way we do things in FCA, right? Because I, I think about this. You, you have a point to make, and you have some points to make, and you've got 20, 25 minutes because it's almost dinner time. And for football players, you better not make them wait for dinner, <laughs> right? So, so you think about this. The fourth question, and really, uh, I think it, it kind of, if you're going to put a bull, bull on the, the whole three questions, it comes down to this one. And, and the question is, is Jesus Lord over my life? Is Jesus over my life? Lord over my life? And Luke chapter 6, verse 46 says, So, so why do you call, keep calling me Lord, Lord? Why, why do you call me Lord, Lord for? When you don't do what I say. I, I think the, the bigger question is, why are we calling him Lord? And when do we call him Lord? When we need him? When, we, when we're pushed against 
opposition, when we're at the end of our ropes. See, God didn't send Jesus Christ to die on a cross so you can call on him only when you need him. God sent Jesus Christ to die on a cross because he knew that you and I without him could not do it. We just can't do it. And we can try and we can try to, to manage this life on our own. And you may be successful and you may have some successes in life. But without him, we're still empty. And, and I think we have to remind ourselves and ask ourselves, what, what does it mean, him being Lord of my life? What does that mean? And I, and I just wrote down a couple of things that it implies absolute ownership. That whatever you do, whatever we have, belongs to him. That all we have been called is to be faithful with what God has entrusted with you in your relationships, with, with your family, with, with your job, and everything else that you have is that God's saying, you know what, whatever you have in your life, I'm trusting you with it. Am I Lord over it, or, or is this about you? Because if this is about you, then you don't need me. And, and really the challenge for us tonight is that as we ask ourselves, is he Lord over my life? Is he Lord when you walk into your office tomorrow morning? Is he Lord when the way you treat people, the way you, the way you manage the things that he's entrusted with you? Is he Lord over that? And it also implies unquestioning obedience. If he is Lord of my life, then whatever he says, I'll do. That's what him being Lord over your life means. It implies wholehearted service. If, if, the Lord is, if he is Lord over my life, wherever he directs me, guess what? I'm going to go. Without even understanding where, where he's going to send us, if he says go, are you going to go? If he's Lord over our life, we're not going to worry about where he's taking us. As long as he's leading, we're going to be fine. And I think this, this life has brought so much confusion to us because we want to feel good about where we're going. And if you think about that for a second, we're, you don't need any faith to do that. If this whole process of our relationship with this amazing God named Jesus Christ is about faith and trust, is that God's not asking you to, to understand it all. He's asking you and I to trust it all. Because more times than not, you and I are not going to understand exactly what God's doing. But if you would allow him to be the Lord of your life, and I, I wrote down on the bottom of the page here is that what part of my life does not belong to God? What part doesn't belong to God? And I think that the, 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 the thought process is that, God, it's so easy to give God the things that, are, that really don't mean a lot to me. But the things that I really value, do I trust God with those? Is he Lord over those things in my life? And if not, why isn't he? What, what would hold us back from trusting God with everything that he's brought to us, that he's entrusted with us? Why would we not say, God, belongs to you? And I can't believe you trust me with this. That you've allowed me to be part of this journey that, that only I can do with you on my side. Because we know that it's not so much about your ability. So many people, their whole life is based upon how good they are. 
And again, don't get me wrong, that, that's a good thing. But the fact is that God is, is, is not sitting back in heaven saying, man, wow, you're really good. You're really good at what you do. Because God knows that if he would ask you to do something that really wasn't based upon how good you were, you would have a problem saying yes to it. And then we tell people all the time is that God is more enamored, not with your ability, but he's more enamored by your availability, right? Your availability empowers you to go out there and do something that you could never do on your own. And, and isn't that what we want to serve God for? Is that he would do exceedingly abundantly more than we could ever think or imagine? It's not about how good we are. It's about how good our God is who chooses to use a, a man to go out there and just trust him with this journey. And it wasn't based upon how good you are or how bad you were. It's based upon how much God created this plan and this purpose and this power to go out there and do things in your life that you could never do on your own. That's what serving God is all about. And we have an opportunity tonight to ask ourselves these, these four questions and, and, and my challenge for us is, you know what? What's getting in the way of you being free? What label or what attachment have you allowed in your life that's getting in the way? And it's the thing is that God is not concerned or not really worried about the things that happened in the past. He wants to do something mightily today. And we're letting what happened yesterday get in the way of our tomorrow. And my question is, Why? What expectation have you created that has, that has nothing, but brought nothing but disappointments? See, God is, is not about expectation. God is about creating an experience for you that he planned a long time ago. And if we find ourselves exactly where God wants us, that's all we need. Because everything we need is found there. And sometimes God is just waiting for us to line up to trust him with this process and not create any expectations that are going to overshadow his plan. And you think about the third question, is how are our relationships today? What's going on? How can we fix them? By investing in each other every single day. Because we don't have to be taught how to withdraw. We have to be taught how to invest in each other, right? And the last question as I close, is Jesus Lord over your life? Does he really, is he really Lord over your life? What areas of our life doesn't, don't belong to God? And if they don't belong to God, what are we waiting for? What are we waiting for? God will only work on what you surrender to him. And I pray as we close and I pray that, man, if there is something that is holding you back, that you would surrender and trust God with it all. Because he knows exactly what to do with it. Guys, we are, we are in, a, in a great position to, to trust and believe. In fact, let me just read this verse real quick and I'll, and I'll pray. And we, we're all familiar with, it, with this prayer. And this is what I put, I, I will, Proverbs 3, I will trust in the Lord with all my whole heart Lord, I will not lean on my own understanding. I will acknowledge you in all my ways because I know that you will direct my path. That's what God is waiting for you and I. 
He said, God, I don't, tr- I don't understand it all, but today I'm going to trust it all. He said, you are in control and I'm not. You have everything I need. And if I let you be the Lord of my life, you're going to give me all I need tonight. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we are so in awe that we can just be reminded tonight that there is some questions that need to be answered. And Father, I know that life sometimes happens and we lose control of it. But we are so grateful and so thankful that you are still in control of it. Father, in my prayer is that tonight that if there is labels and attachments of things that happened a long time ago and they're still interfering in my life today, that it can't go on like that because you nailed my hurts. You, you nailed the pains to the cross. And there's no reason why I cannot be free today. Not because we have it all together, but because you have it all together. So Father, we thank you for that. And we are so in awe that we serve this amazing God who died on a cross to pay for our sins so that we can be made new in Christ. So in the next few moments, there's communion prepared on both sides of the the auditorium. And if you would take a few moments to just take the bread and in a quiet time of saying, God, before I take this communion, when you were with your disciples, you said, break this bread, for it is my body that will be broken for your life. And drink this cup, for it is the blood that will wash away the sins of the whole world. Then we would spend a few moments as we gather communion and realize that we have an amazing opportunity to be free and free in you. So Lord, we love you. We praise you for who you are today. In Jesus' name, amen.